Warning, this week's episode could not possibly contain enough profanity, but it tries. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com and by our Jeff Sessions in Five Words or Less contest. Today's winner is at Fact-Based Living, who had Scrotum Designed by Salvador Dali. Well played. And a quick summary of the contest as a whole, the Capitol Hills have eyes. And now it's time for a new subject. Prank proposal maker Eli Bosnick. That's going to be the new subject. Tweet us your best five words or less describing Eli using the hashtag BosnickScathe, and you could be the next winner. And now, Scathing Atheist. Hi, I'm Molly Ann Mormon from the Doubting Dogma blog and podcast. And despite what my parents raised me to believe, I know that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. It's August 17th. And if you're gonna make fun of Hitler, who's next? George Washington? You like George Washington? (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) I have no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from New York, New York, Secret Lair, Pennsylvania, this is The Skating Atheist. On this week's episode, we'll talk about the radical Christian terrorists the mainstream media won't. Eli steps on my joke that I wrote first before the headlines even start. He does that. (laughs) And Joseph Smith will be here to avenge our decision to read the Book of Mormon. First, the diatribe. There are three basic categories of complaint that we get from atheists. The first is that we say fuck too much. Now, I've done multiple diatribes on that subject, but for the purposes of our discussion here, I'll just summarize my answer as fuck all that. The second is Eli really shouldn't joke about that. It is not funny. And my answer to that usually is, yeah, probably. But the third category of complaint used to be the hard one to answer used to require a bit of imagination on the part of my inquisitor and at least a couple of seemingly fanciful worst-case scenario hypotheticals on my part. But luckily for me, we now live smack in the middle of a worst-case scenario, and that third category has gotten a lot easier to answer. Or it would, I guess, if anybody bothered to ask the question anymore. See, since the inception of this show, we've had a steady stream of listeners chiming in to suggest we spend a little less time on the absolutely crazy motherfuckers. Until his death, Fred Phelps was always the go-to example, right? People would say, look, most Christians don't take Fred Phelps seriously. He doesn't represent anything like typical manifestations of his religion. And his church has like eight people and they're all related to him. So why hold him up as the example? Isn't that a form of straw manning? Now, to be honest, we, we never talked about that particular asshole very much, but you can substitute in P-Robes or Pastor Manning or that scrawny little fucker who's always on about which Disney princesses are lesbians and ask the same question. They don't represent the mainstream of their faith, and the mainstream of their faith is what we're most often pitted against as atheists. Wouldn't it make more sense to focus in on the people that the Christians actually do take seriously? After all, if we can knock down the best they have to offer, that's going to be a lot more influential than knocking down the very worst, isn't it? 
And for a long time, that was a kind of tough question to answer. I'd have to lay out cause and effect about how the mainstream base of the pyramid was holding up the batshit crazy capstone. I'd have to explain that whether or not he was a thought leader, fat guy in a red hat was a canary wheezing his way through the coal mine. And back in the halcyon days of 2015, even my best retorts demanded a bit of imagination on the part of the interlocutor. But now all I have to say is these people are advising the goddamn president on a nuclear threat. Or rather, I would have to say that. But again, nobody asks anymore. See, there was a time when you could realistically email me and say, "Okay, what kind of harm could somebody as nutty as Ken Ham actually cause? But that just kind of answers itself in 2017, doesn't it? You could say, come on, man, what influential person will be caught dead in a room with Pat Robertson back before the answer was the goddamn president? And and you could say, it's not like the Supreme Court would ever let him get away with that with a naive air of confidence before Neil and Prey Gorsuch elbowed his way onto the bench. Now, look, I don't intend this diatribe to be an I told you so, but I did tell you so. For a lot of years, the secular world was busy not taking these assholes seriously while they were busy taking over the goddamn country. And there is a lesson to learn in our apathy. I mean, think about it. For a couple of years, it was it was all the rage to borrow George W. Bush's mission accomplished banner and declare the atheist movement victorious and even superfluous since we'd already won all the intellectual arguments. You know, and I get it. I see how you get there. I see how when you're faced with the question, how could anybody take Ken Ham's story of a cousin fucking boat repopulating the world seriously? You answer, they can't. But the evidence is clearly against you. Right. I mean, when the demographic we're divvying up is people who think a magical carpenter died so that they wouldn't have to be whipped by a fire satyr for masturbating. We should take zero allowances for anything being too stupid to be believed. And the stakes for being wrong on this one could not be higher. Uh, the commander in chief is playing nuclear bet you won't with some psychotic, insecure fat kid. And the only people cheering him on are the folks that have their very own page on right wing watch. His most vocal supporters in this read like a list of people he's given nicknames to over the course of this show. In other words, exactly the people emailers used to ask why we bothered to cover so damn much. The people who gleefully await Armageddon and just might get it. But again, this isn't an I told you so so much as I'm continuing to tell you so. Look, this is not the end game and it's just going to get crazier from here. Because if they can't get the road, they'll settle for The Handmaid's Tale, which means that the fucking people we're covering will be saying stuff that's even harder to take seriously now, and yet we absolutely cannot afford to dismiss them as too crazy to bother to refute. Look, we're a hell of a lot closer to theocracy right now than we were when we started this show. We've taken a lot of steps backwards as a country, and the only reason we're here is because we assumed we couldn't get here. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are two men who are secretly looking forward to glowing in the dark. Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to forage for mutant deer or what? <laughs> well, I've been uh, secretly Pascal wagering this whole time, so I'm going to get raptured. Oh, um, good luck to you guys. <laughs> Don't take the mark. All right. Uh, I already signed up for Apple Pay, and I'm pretty sure explaining what that is to people in Spanish Harlem is worse than hell, so I'm going to chance it. Just <laughs> all right. Sure. Well, quick before Eli spills the beans about Apple Pay being the mark of the beast, thus revealing us all to be shills for the Illuminati, we're going to take a quick break for the word from this week's sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Hi. I'm No Illusions, and as many of you know, I'm a shill for the Illuminati. That's right, Noah. We help obscure the intentions of our shape-shifting lizard overlords, and I don't mind telling you, it's steady work. 
I'll say. You ever try finding 30 crisis actors on a budget or cater a top secret underground moon landing hoax? Ooh, then you know that finding the right people can be a pain. That's why we use ZipRecruiter for all our hiring needs. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. So whether you're looking for somebody qualified to plant covert thermite charges or discreetly deliver chemtrail powders to airports, you'll find the right person fast. That's because ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just four hours. That's right, Heath. No juggling emails or calls to the secret lair. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. So whether you're running a small local business or a global conspiracy, you'll find the right applicant fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. Free, Noah. I know I mislead the populace for a living and all, so I'll understand if you don't believe me. But you can find out for yourself just by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. Okay, here's what I don't get. If they're shapeshifters, how are they still lizards any more than they're like chocolate chips? How can shapeshifting mm -hmm. modify a physical form? I know, I I, I'm, I'm pretty sure lizard is like, is like the default setting. Oh, yeah. okay. When they're just okay. like, so like chilling. Default. Factory. Right. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, in response to a Robert E. Lee statue getting moved, Eli's Facebook and Twitter came to life last weekend, poured out <laughs> of the screen, and marched around in Charlottesville, uh -huh. Virginia, with torches and pitchforks yelling bigotry. Actually, maybe not the pitchforks, torches, for being accurate. Yeah. It was more like homemade riot gear, Nazi flags, and deadly firearms that lots of them were legally mm -hmm. carrying. Yep. And somehow... I don't know how, but somehow this all led to violence. You don't say. What? Not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but uh, this violence includes a counter-protester getting murdered by a neo-Nazi with a car. I think I'm going to start warning people about the rise of beautiful, full-breasted women who can't stop giving me shoulder massages. <laughs> this, this is a weird superpower I have. Switch <laughs> up your thing. That was weird also, that you uh, didn't choose that right away. Weird transitional joke away from counter-protester getting murdered by a neo-Nazi, if you don't mind a note, if you don't. <laughs> I do mind that note. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the goals of Eli's terrifying weird science project were an odd combination of ignorant nonsense, including the preservation of the rich cultural heritage of the, the guys who lost the Civil War and lost World War II. Yeah. <laughs> um, slavers and Nazis, just to be clear, yep. is who we're talking That's, about. Mm -hmm. Also on their list of talking points was killing all the Jews, obviously, and also the Muslims and black people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and did I mention they're all Christian? Yeah, the German Nazis were all atheists, but yeah. these new guys managed to find some inspiration <laughs> for hate in the Bible, of all places. Say it, Barack Hussein Obama, radical Christian fundamentalism. <laughs> Are you sure Islam remains 
the worst in those rankings. But yeah, still, well, it, yeah, yeah, but you know what? The Ku Klux Klan doesn't burn flying spaghetti monsters, so there's that. See, <laughs> see, and also we got to point out there were twice as many terrorist attacks by right wing terrorists than Muslim terrorists between 2008 and 2016 in the U.S. So, I mean, yeah, way worse. Muslims are worse at terrorism. <laughs> But I mean, you can't sell books called "Watch Out for Kyle" or "Kyle is Wrecking Europe." So what are you going to do? You got to yeah, just for emphasis. Those are U.S. statistics and not at all reflective of worldwide numbers. I mean, you know, we're not going to call a baseball championship the World Series if we don't let the Japanese play, are we? So yeah, Islam Sorry. definitely remains the worst of all the religions, but still. Okay, so only North American listeners worry about Kyle. English <laughs> yeah. listeners, you can focus on your number one terrorist threat, the Irish. More on them in a second. <laughs> right. in, actually, in five, right. four, so, uh, three. In the wake of tragic events like this, it's important to have a strong national leader who can unite us all behind the right message. And I'm proud mm -hmm. to say that the president of the United States is against neo-Nazis killing people with cars. <laughs> Eventually. eventually, eventually, he's eventually and with against caveats, that with kind of a, but he's yeah, yeah. So well, by the time this goes out, who the fuck knows, we, we right? At the moment, he's eventually <laughs> against that. Yeah. So after thinking about it for two days, he's pretty sure the KKK that his grandfather marched with yep. is a bad thing. Or at least he said that. Um, just to be clear, Trump's initial response on Saturday was basically. Yeah, okay, don't kill people with cars, but look how they were dressed, though. It I mean, writes. come on. <laughs> but then he came out Monday and said, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. I'm anti-Nazi. Happy rumpf. Cool. Right, but then this morning, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, then in morning, he was like, he tweeted a gif of the Trump train running over a human body with a CNN face. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's like a real thing texting his white supremacist girlfriend a heart emoji after a big <laughs> fight. <laughs> and then and then later today, like 20 minutes before we fucking record the show, he, he went on and blamed the alt-left and said that they started it and that the people there were just protesting taking down a statue and that they're going to tear down statues of George Washington is next. So, yeah, you know, all the dogs can hear the whistle. All... The dogs yeah, are now but, paying you know, but attention. So can everyone else. That's it's no longer it's just a whistle at this point, bro. You're just whistling. Neo Nazis and liberals are the same. I love Nazis. Alright, so bottom line, message here. Um Christianity is bad for society. The most. The second most. Also, Islam. Second most. society. <laughs> I, I beeped out second. That's what was beeped out. And uh, also, a Buddhist was mean to the blind guy that other time. Yeah, and killed a bunch of people in Burma and Sri Lanka for not being Buddhist. That's Noah hates Buddhist people. There we go. We're all... <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird undercurrent to this week. Bottom line, Noah hates Buddhists. Point being... Bottom line. Take that away from this show. This week. This year. Well, if, if that's the bottom line, how can there be a point being? The point... I'm clarifying... I'm clarifying, you hate Buddhists, and <laughs> there is, uh, you know, an unwavering belief in wrong stuff that's going around, and that's going to be some amount of bad. Oh, yeah. No matter what. Mm -hmm. But that didn't stop Trump from pandering to Christianity and praising uh, real God, I guess. He referred to the, the one we're all created by, the real one, um, during multiple statements about a murdery Christian hate group. So here's what I'm thinking. 
everyone seems to get super mad whenever I talk about the Muslim ban idea. So maybe we try a white Christian ban, right? Huh? I'm just asking questions. Right. Like, what would happen? Well, okay. yeah. I wonder what that would be like. That would be like. That would be like. Hey, I'm Bonerfart7. Welcome back to Random Atheist YouTube. Taking a break today from Minecraft videos about butts is a woman who looks like her ideas. Woman, is Christianity ruining America? Thanks, Bonerfart7. You do really great skeptical work here. I do, I do. I went to school in an abandoned airplane. The best kind of school. So in my book, Oogie Boogie Boogie, They're Gonna Get Ya, I explain the ways in which the so-called Christian ban, which in fact doesn't ban Christians unless you know what words mean, is really the best way to figure out the whole Christian question. Uh-oh, Christian question. Doesn't that sound a little similar to the Jewish question that the Nazis talk about? I am a Nazi in every conceivable way I could be without traveling through time. Good to know. Good to know. Next up, Hearthstone. What are all those cards for? Joining me on the panel today are a doctorate and a man who wears a baseball cap to weddings. Gentlemen, we should hear what both of you have to say. Well, it's obvious to me that to make a sweeping generalization... Look, look, look. All I'm saying is that Christians have a lot of responsibility to take for their community. If your church ain't doing nothing wrong, then having me stand inside with a machine gun glaring ain't hurting nobody. I know some great Christians, and they say to me, excuse me, they say to me, excuse me, you know, they say, they say to me, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. You know what, Donald? You're right. We are a bestial animal people. And if you don't put us down, who will? There were people on both sides, both sides of that Christian protest, people murdering the innocent people and the people saying, oh, no, don't murder me. Please stop murdering me. Both bad. Two wrongs make an alt-right president. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Excuse me. Just like that. It was Just a good exactly. question. Just yeah, a, I mean, I feel like that was a useful, that we've hashed it out. Science. Interesting. Interesting. Let's think about that. Exactly. And in, in the shit heels on the bus go round and round news tonight, it's not often on this show that we get to shit on the atheist paradise that is Scandinavia, but this week, it's nice to know that at least their Facebook is also filled with bigoted assholes. Hmm. Did you know you can link up your Twitter to Facebook and retweet stuff on both at the same time. It's so fun. That that does sound fun for you. Right? Did did you know too that you can curate the people on your Facebook page so you don't I mean and, and also that that's the whole point? <laughs> I I don't eat ham, Noah. Don't eat ham. Now, cure, cure ham. Ham. Yeah, no, cure. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Someone right now is getting ready to write a tweet. I don't understand. Just hit the back 30 seconds. I'm funny. Now, as someone who watches race <laughs> Now, as anyone who watches racist <laughs> YouTube as much as I do will know, the recent immigration of Muslims into Scandinavia has many people who use the word skeptic and realist wrong freaking out over the coming Sharia caliphate. And this was made apparent when John Slatovic posted a photo of four empty bus seats that kind of sort of look like women in burqas if you're an yeah. idiot to the Facebook yeah, right. group, <laughs> which I will try to pronounce because I love to mock your bouncy yo-yo of a language. Fertilent vinkst. Or Fatherland First, with the caption, what do people think of this? And the answer, by the way, was they don't. 
Don't think of this. <laughs> because the comments were filled with xenophobic terror at the idea that the bus seats in question could, quote, be terrorists hiding weapons. End quote. <laughs> Whilst dressed as bu- bus bus seats. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, fuck buses. Nobody cares. But in terms of stuff like airport security, (laughs) I feel like the racist people kind of have a point. We're not letting letting beekeepers and ninjas and the fucking guy from Assassin's Creed go through the airport with their costumes on. (laughs) So Muslims have it too easy at the airport is what I'm saying. We're being way too nice to Muslims at airports. Someone finally says it. That's what Noah screamed at that Irish lady. That is hardly the most significant thing I screamed at that Irish lady. It is not. And while it's true, the burqa is a complex cultural construct that raises a lot of questions about freedom and culture and what value should and should not be imposed in society. Just remember, the last time we accepted immigrants with a different religion than ours, with obscure customs and more traditional values, we ended up with the Irish. So be careful. (laughs) Okay, okay, but now we're mostly racist and we help stop that kind of stuff. <laughs> helpful now, never forget. And in what you get for naming your country after Malay's news tonight, Malaysian atheists are fearing for their lives even more than usual this week after Shahidin Qasim, a minister in the presidential cabinet over there, suggested that Muslim apostates in the nation should be, quote, hunted down because this is a country with religion. The quote goes on... <laughs> We have Islam and we have other religions. So some of his best friends are apparently, he lists them. He lists the other religions they have. Christianity, Buddhism, Confucianism, Hinduism. We don't have those without religion, end quote. It's like if you threaten to murder all the black swans you saw with sticks. It's a thinker. It's a thinker. It's like that. Either way, they should probably have a... uh a white swans matter rally at some point. <laughs> I'm sure it won't turn violent. And if it does, both sides will be to blame. Now, I, I should note that Kasim is hardly a lone voice on this issue. Uh, this tirade and, and many more just like it were prompted by an online photo of an atheist group meeting in Kuala Lumpur, or at least that's like the official excuse. But in truth, we're about a week away from parliamentary elections in Malaysia, and their version of the Tea Party is desperately trying to stir up racism and religious animosity to fire up their base, which is... A playbook we're all pretty familiar with at this point, so I guess we can't say shit. And while we all come to grips with the fact that at least we're not Malaysia is becoming a decreasingly viable platitude, we'll take a break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It makes you a slut, right? It, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massachusetts. All right, so I have a couple of international updates to start us off this week. A couple of weeks ago, I devoted a pretty sizable chunk of this segment to applauding a couple of incremental plank-sized steps toward gender equality in Iran. And while I made it clear that the overall situation there was still pretty fucking backwards, the nation itself seemed to think I didn't emphasize this point enough. So they arrested a bunch of people last week for teaching Zumba classes. That's right. Six people in all were arrested for teaching Western dance moves in an aerobics class. Now, obviously, that's because sex hip undulations are such a blatant rape invite. But Iranian authorities wanted to make it clear that it wasn't just the classes. They were also filming their sinful gyrations in an effort to corrupt minds through a coordinated cyber attack of lady parts. A cyber attack, if you will. 
Eli would be so proud. Anyway, the dancers were charged with failing to wear a hijab and, of course, dancing, because their entire religion is the bad guy from an 80s movie, and women dancing in front of men is against the goddamn law. I've also got a quick update from Nepal. You might recall that on that very same segment where I talked about Iran's infinitesimal scooches toward equality, I also talked about a woman that lived in Nepal who died of a snake bite because nobody was allowed to touch her while she was menstruating, even if it was to save her life. Well, apparently that's so fucked up that even the Nepalese politicians are embarrassed about it. So they responded by outlawing the custom of exiling women during the periods. Of course, it's now not the fucking Middle Ages, so they don't exactly deserve a pat on the back here. And what's more, the practice was actually banned by their Supreme Court back in 2005. So now all the government is doing is promising to enforce the existing law. But hell, when you're looking for good news on the misogyny front in Nepal, eh, this is as good as you're likely to do. And finally, I've got a story from the Got Milk file. I honestly don't talk much about China in this segment, but it's not because they're wanting for sexism. It's just that usually when I'm looking eastward for international sexism, I usually don't have to look past the middle part. Anyway, a Chinese restaurant is in hot water this week when it came to light that they were offering discounts to female patrons that depended on their bra size. The trendy shrimp's tat-for-tit policy was announced on an advertisement that showed cartoon women in their underwear. In case people needed a visual aid to understand bigger boobs. And with that, we'll bring our international tour to a close and I'll hand you back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in what the fuck of the Irish news tonight. You know, with everything going on in America right now, it's hard to keep things in focus. And it's a pity because occasionally on this show, we are forced to talk about countries so backwards, so barbaric that they're is a serious temptation to wonder if its inhabitants or the people of its heritage are, are you? even human. Don't you malign my people. I see what I'm you're talking, doing. Of course, I'm Don't talking, do of it. course, about the Irish. God damn it. Are you talking about that, Eli? You're making a lot of assumptions about what's going to make the final edit. We are a wonderful, civilized people. I challenge you to an eye-gouging fight right now. Challenge rejected, Heath. I want you to know for a very long time, that line was, I'm talking, of course, about Africa, just so I could have the image of all of you freezing in horror in your cars. <laughs> a lot no. of assumptions. Oh, no. About that yeah. Final <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of assumptions, indeed. We got plenty of listeners who don't like Africans, like uh, the Irish, for example, oh, I would imagine. <laughs> See? Everybody wins. Now we've got the freezing in the cars. I didn't have to make the joke. Everybody wins. Anyway, <laughs> back to the terrifying wasteland of red faces where I spent my honeymoon almost a year ago. Lovely place. Wasted on its mongrel people. <laughs> Oh, did you not blend in with your amazing swarthy DNA over in Ireland? <laughs> mm, sorry. Stick out a little bit. Distracted. Distracted <laughs> by being impure. So the reason we're talking about them, and believe me, it gives me no pleasure, is because like all backwards peoples, their insane and barbarous mythos-based culture is once again interfering with their politics. Yeah. So when we find a frontwards country, we'll let you know when, a, when that doesn't happen. We will indeed. Danny Haley Ray, an independent member of Ireland's parliament, whose name alone negates all of Heath's responses to my introduction. Okay, well, that I hadn't even written them yet. That's bullshit that it worked out for. You just got lucky now. That was lucky. <laughs> that wasn't guaranteed. Anyways, the human, whose name Danny Haley Ray, believes that a dip <laughs> in a carry road, which had been repaired before, mysteriously reappeared due to the presence of fairy forts. Okay, well, I mean, that's actually true. It's a weird story you picked about a normal <laughs> truth thing. Think about it. 
Whatever begins to exist has a cause. The potholes began to exist. Fairy forts. QED. <laughs> what are we, I don't understand why we're, we're putting the story on the show. Right. Now, for clarity, the local council's road department has a different story, claiming that the road anomaly is due to the, quote, deeper underlying subsoil slash geotechnical problem, end quote. Well, but but I don't know if that precludes subterranean fairy forts. It, it does not. It actually sounds like confirmation. I believe you just got William Lane Craig Kalam. Just spins Kalam, out of the screen. Whatever. The William Lane Craig cartoon like a Batman Chiron. Kalam. but we like danny boy thank you thank you have a different theory he says quote there are numerous fairy forts in that area sorry i did the voice wrong there are numerous fairy forts in that area i know that they are linked anyone that tampered with them back over the years paid a high price and had bad luck End quote. Adding, I have a machine standing in the yard right now. And if someone told me to go out and knock a fairy fart or touch it, I would starve first. End quote. And no, I have no That's idea what machine quote. he is yes. talking about either. He, anything. What machine he has in his front uh, yeah, yard. Uh, there, yeah, there, no, there's a machine that, that lots of Irish people... um they use it's called uh, "Go Fuck Yourself." Actually, <laughs> That's the name of the machine. I was thinking it was a still. And while oh, it's all oh, well and good to laugh at the less civilized, I think it's good that we all reflect that next week when Heath tries to write a retaliation story about Jews, the internet will eat him. <laughs> <laughs> Fun parting thought. Next week's citation needed. It's about eugenics. Everybody, check it out. <laughs> and finally tonight, in notorious bi jihad news. We have a story about a Muslim rapper who can't answer the question, who shot you, because he's dead from a gunshot wound. Oh. And I'm not talking about Tupac. Huh. Uh, not clear if he was a Muslim, and he's actually still alive. <laughs> people don't know that. He's actually Banksy. No, I'm talking about <laughs> Jabril Abdur Rahman, a.k.a. Young Mazi, who was shot and killed last week, despite his claim that Allah made him bulletproof. So... Checkmate Muslims. Yeah, that religion's over. Yep. I mean, you don't see Mormons still believing in bulletproof underwear after their founder got shot while wearing them, do you? Mm, Fun, guys. Exactly. <laughs> the real question, though, is how is his YouTube channel doing? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly better. <laughs> All right. So uh, normally you hate to hear about someone getting murdered, right? Uh, I mean, Noah said we're not allowed to follow that with butt anymore. But telling, <laughs> telling. However... <laughs> the sympathy just kind of melts away as you hear all the details of the story here. For example, Mr. Mazi made the God made me bulletproof claim last year after he survived a shooting outside a Waffle House. So uh, there's lesson number one, two and three. One, don't eat there. Two, Obviously. Islam is stupid. <laughs> and three, don't park in an atheist spot. Oh, That's Jesus your fault. Jesus Christ. Oh, list of statements that will get you killed for 5,000. Also, <laughs> but also, like, come on, he got shot, right? I mean, that means he's not bulletproof. Bullet didn't bounce off of him. It just failed to kill him. <laughs> and a uh, couple other things worth noting. Mazi was found dead inside a pizza place in Atlanta, Georgia. So, gross. <laughs> um, and uh, here's lesson number four. Don't be caught dead there. Basic, <laughs> basic stuff. Also, according to Mazi, during an interview from last year, he'd been shot with a gun and survived 10 different times before this last one. So let's call that lesson five. Don't be so aggressive with your Skittles in the South, <laughs> idiot. 
Oh, yeah, wait, wait. If he'd been shot and survived 10 different times, I take this story back. He had every reason to believe he was bulletproof. <laughs> well, well, bullet resistant. Yeah, yeah. resistant. Bullet inclined? Well, definitely that, yeah. <laughs> Endowed. And uh, this is my favorite part. Here's the explanation he gave for all the getting shot. He said, look at me. For one, I'm a light-skinned dude. People always don't like the light-skinned dude. Now, pretty sure he has that backwards. Anyway, continuing. <laughs> also, I might walk around with a quarter million dollars worth of jewelry on. He announced to the world during <laughs> a public interview. So I guess we'll call that lesson six. Uh, you're overdressing for Waffle House. <laughs> Stupid. No, shit. I like to wear a tux so that the people who work there can see one once in their lives. I let them touch it. <laughs> you like that? That's called cloth. That's what all my clothes are made of. <laughs> Congratulations right, well. on your baby, woman working here. <laughs> Still. So if it sounds like I'm being a little too celebratory about uh, this guy, Young Mozzie, I want to be clear. I'm not saying he deserved it. He did, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> anyway, regardless, bottom line, there's a void in the market that needs to be filled now. So we are going to become Muslim rappers who make our community look stupid. And of course, we're going to need some rapper names. Of course. Let's put 30 seconds on the clock. And drop that beat DJ Eli. Thank you. Excellent. Ideas for our Muslim rapper names that perpetuate negative stereotypes. Go. So you're making negative stereotypes reinforcement a prerequisite for this bit. Right. Good. I announced it so That's it's not good. offensive. No, yeah, exactly. Um, well, Eli is definitely <laughs> perpetuating a negative stereotype right now, so he's he's kind of getting a head start. Not fair. All right, how well, about um, IEDMX? I out. Uh, to Pakistani Shakur. Uh, about the real Muslim shady. That'd be FGM and M. Of course, FGM and of M. course. FGM, they do that. Um, Wiz Khalifate. Ooh. Kaba Brinkman. <laughs> uh, throw rocks, Shakur. Okay. You already okay. did that one. See if he can name a second rapper. Probably not. How about uh, Kanye Westbank? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I like this one even better. How about Macla Moore? Moore. Moore. Um, how about the Tupacalypse? The Dr. Dre when the sun rises and the Kanye West. No, it gets You guys it. both no, gets already it. used those. All right. Uh, how about uh, not Ham Hock? Sh Shakur. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got one more. How about uh, ISIS Cube? There obviously. Part of uh, Sand NW. Okay. All yeah. right. Now we're wrapping that up. Uh, quick while well, we realized that the stereotype we were perpetuating was how few rappers white guys could name. I guess Arabian we can close out the hate part of for the NWA, night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. <laughs> I knew there were crocodiles in Florida. No one Elon made me say the opposite last week using one of those marriage proposal hostage things they do. And when we come back, we'll finally relieve all that dark cloud. Of, but what did Zizram do to Amulek's suspense that you've been living under for the last week? Hey, Mormons, it's me, Tony D. And Carl the Pug of Pegacorn has a much more jowly voice with less emphasis on the opening syllable of each sentence. Totally different voices. Anyway, if you're a Mormon, have I got a deal for you. Do you sometimes feel emotions? Do you have blood constantly coursing through your veins? Well, then try sending me 90 bucks. 
Sending me 90 bucks has been clinically tested to make you go to heaven. And that sentence doesn't even need to be a joke to be legal. Look, if you're willing to buy into pre-Columbian American horses, cows, wheat, barley, goats, domestic pigs, chariots, silk, not to mention prehistoric compasses, scimitars, windows, and French valedictions, you should also be willing to buy me a fifth of a hooker. Give me $90. Nowhere near as dumb as Mormonism. <laughs> this character. <laughs> Different guy. On last week's Book of Mormon, we cracked open the Book of Alma and found more insanity there than we could possibly have expected. Well, we tried our damnedest to cram all the crazy into a single segment, but it simply refused to be constrained. So this week, we're happy to present the second half of the first third of the Book of Alma already in progress. And we're back when we last left off. Nobody gave a shit. So let's steamroll ahead, shall we? Good call. Good call. So since this part is all about the period of judges, we start chapter 11 with a detailed explanation of what judge means, which quickly digresses into a detailed explanation of the Nephite monetary system. Oh, you could so tell he'd run out of shit here. <sighs> yeah, this is the, the nerd explaining why Lord of the Rings makes no fucking sense, the holy book. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't summon the eagles because they were busy. Read the Silmarillion. Is, <laughs> is that in there? No idea. It is a bad and racist fantasy novel that is only famous because it was first. <laughs> yeah, okay. So basically what we get here is 20 <laughs> verses of a goddamn word problem from fourth grade, right? Like, okay, if a shum of gold is twice the value of a shiblum of silver and a shiblum of barley is worth a limna of gold, how much is a senum worth? Oh, man. Not enough information. Well, and eventually, eventually we get back to the story in which apparently the judges are stoking riot and unrest. So they'll have more crime to judge and thus making more money. So they turn the people against Alma and Amulek. Yeah, they're like, uh, quick, everyone, pour coffee on your dick and blame Alma. We'll figure out what percentage is your fault later. Don't worry about it. So now it's time for uh, Zizram on Amulek action, right? We've all been waiting for it. So Zizram tricks Amulek into answering questions, I guess. Yeah, amazing how often holy books say, and you know who are a bunch of devil teabagging fucks? Those people who expect me to make sense on the spot. Uh, those right? People. Yeah, every one of them's like that. And then they question the, the prophet like a bunch <laughs> of dicks. Um, okay, so Zizram's gotcha is to say... Hey, Amulek, I'll give you six aunties of silver if you call Jesus a little bitch. Jesus is a little Jesus bitch. Is a, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and when the what would you do for a Klondike bar strategy fails him, he falls back on the Trinity not making any fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, he crushes it with, with <laughs> that does, yeah. <laughs> He's like, so how many gods are there? And Amulek's like, one. And he's like... And God is himself and his son and a ghost, right? And Amy looks like, yes. And Zanzibar's like, lawyered bitch. Yeah. <laughs> right, but Amulek's response to this is just, woo. <laughs> and everyone, including Cesium, is like, whoa. And then Joseph needs a break from the hat because the last sentence of this chapter is literally, quote, and thus ended the words of Amulek, or this is all that I have written. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a couple of those in this one where it's just like, and then other shit. And, and, blah, blah, yeah, blah. And it is one of those two options. Yeah. <laughs> 
the Amulek bitch slaps Zizram with Jesus, and then we get a whole chapter of Alma rubbing it in. Yeah. Right. And Ziga Ziga Ah, the lawyer just keeps trembling the more he talks. Like, and he trembled and he trembled. By the end, yeah. people are handed him paint cans. <laughs> and eventually this, this chapter devolves into Joseph Smith going, I know you guys are wondering how I'm so smart and stuff. Let me explain. God likes me more. So he gives me the most God truth. He likes Ollie second best, so Ollie gets the second most. So he's ranking the races. I yes. love it. <laughs> Mormons get the best God words, then Christians, then Jews. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Mus- Muslims get a racial slur in front of a live audience in Scotland that we pretend was you misspeaking. It's a package store. Package. Nobody. That's the thing. Package, packy store, package, package store. It's the thing they say in Massachusetts. Just, just in my house. <laughs> the old package store in the house and right that's a real everybody tweet to everybody that thinks damn it <laughs> and then we dig into the structure of the priesthood a bit here but I could forgive you for having no fucking clue that's what we were talking about here because Jesus Christ this man cannot write to save his fucking life <sighs> and there's this weird part where he says uh Therefore, they were called after this holy order and were sanctified and their garments were washed white through the blood of the lamb. Ew. Yeah. So uh, now I'm 100% sure somebody walked in on Joe Smith covered in blood at some point. <laughs> yeah. No way that didn't happen. He's just like, oh, oh you're home early. Uh, read the book. <laughs> You'll get it. You, this is all going to make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Method <Yeah>. writing. <laughs> this is also, by the way, where we have first encountered the name Melchizedek. Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> Joey was clearly trying to win a how dumb do I think they are bet at this point. Yeah, and apparently Melchizedek was the king of pre-Israel when they were all sinful and fucky. Uh, but he was super religious and good. So he talked them into putting their dicks away and turning to God. Yep. Yeah. Joe is really into his biblical extended universe. I don't know if you guys are really into that. And by the way, if you're wondering why we're all of a sudden talking about an ancient priest that predates this story by thousands of years and has no bearing on the present conversation, you don't know how this book works. (laughs) There is no reason why we're talking about anything that we're ever talking about. Ever. But we do learn that uh, mesothelioma was the best king that ever was or ever will be. And then he, he wraps the chapter by saying... And I know it doesn't sound like a logical place to end, but this is all I wrote. He said more stuff, but I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Cursive is hard. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so they cast out all the people who believe in Jesus and set their wives and children on fire. On fire! That's, that's what they do. And at this point, Amulet's like, hey, man, you think you should, uh, you know, maybe we should uh, use your magic and God powers to put out all of these flaming women and children? <laughs> eh, maybe. But Alma says, nah, God could use the angels if you know what I mean. He says no! He says no. <laughs> and there's this, like, us sketch-esque moment where he's like, plus, uh, they might burn us too. And uh, that would suck. So, <laughs> yeah. That would suck. Let's go with the angels thing. Yeah. Yeah. thing. Remember, Mormon boys and girls, if you're ever in a position to stop the mass execution of Christians, don't be a dick. Let them go to heaven. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to scream for a minute. Yeah. So so despite their unimprisonable powers, Alma and Amulet get thrown in jail and they're so pissed they give their lawyers the silent treatment, which 
is unspeakably stupid. Yeah. I don't know right. how that works. Well, to be fair, the head lawyer comes and like Archer slaps them for a little bit. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you going to keep preaching? You going to keep preaching? Stop smiting yourself. Stop smiting yourself. <laughs> Can't get mad. But after a couple of weeks of the whole town taking turns to smite them, Alma's like, fuck this and uses his Jesus powers to break out of prison. Finally. Now. As opposed to any other time. <laughs> right. I think we can all agree that four weeks of naked slapping is enough. <laughs> Time to draw a reasonable line right now. Okay, let's get out of here. Yeah, Elmer, yeah. We could have left it. We could have left at any time and we didn't. What does that tell you, Amulek? Shut up. <laughs> also, God murders all the people who fucked with him, right? All the slappers and whatnot. So it's it's not like their escape like changed anybody's mind. Because all those people were dead right afterwards. Yes. Right. Yeah. And this chapter even ends with like Alma and Amulek walking away all slow from the explosion. Yes. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so, so they leave and they go to Saddam uh, because this chapter never fucking ends where they meet back up with the Zizram. And all their followers, which uh, I feel like that was awkward. <laughs> right, they just run up to them. Oh my gosh, you're alive! Hey, where are all our wives and and children? And what was that smell? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, about that. So you know how God like super needs angels. <laughs> <laughs> he has to have a supply. And we learn here that Alma also has healing powers because the kid is still making shit up because he cures Alma's iniquity fever at this point. <laughs> And we should point out that this miracle healing at this point in this fucking book is the evidence Mormons use for their ability to heal each other with magic oil. So, yeah, that's how stupid the origin of that practice is, in case you're wow. wondering. <laughs> so all the people of Saddam get some Jesus, but since that's boring, Joey starts talking about those stiff-necked fucks and Ammonana ha-ha again. And this part is so amazing. He's holding a grudge against a fake city. Yes. And he's like, so they all lived happily ever after. Unlike those assholes in Ammonaha, Heather, especially <laughs> Heather, in Ammonaha, Heather, you know who you are. And since the Lamanites haven't killed anybody in a while, we go back to that in chapter 16 when they skull rape all those heathens and uh, yeah right it was quite a grudge and, and, and this is where we meet the Nephi's chief captain Zoram who has two sons named Lehi <laughs> use that one already and uh, I, yes. just can't, I can't do yes. it I can't do it somebody else has to do the other one I can't aha the child's name, name is aha fucking aha a-h-a aha Joe Smith arguing with a Scrabble dictionary. It is to a name. It's allowed. Joe, you can't do names, man. <laughs> Whatever. This game's stupid. I'm going to cheat on my phone. <laughs> I do cheat on my phone. Yeah. I hate you so much. So I yeah. almost killed my mom. <laughs> Aha is a word in Scrabble. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Now, now, if you recall, the last book, Messiah, ended with all the king's sons wandering off to teach the Lamanites about Jesus. So now Alma runs into them so that we can be treated to an 11 chapter recounting of whatever happened to them. Which we will not be finishing tonight. Thank fucking Christ. Because holy fuck is every chapter of this fucking book tedious. <sighs> this is the holy book version of running into someone you didn't know that well in high school. Right. You have to fucking like, deal with it. Oh my God, Mosiah. Alma. How are you? Oh, hey. Uh, Ammon, right? 
Good. Good. No, I'm dude. Good. We got to get lunch. We got to get we lunch. We totally have to get lunch. Yes. Facebook. I I'm totally serious. Not just being polite. <laughs> Let's do that. So we we flash back to them abdicating their uh, thrones and heading off to the land of Laman to teach Jesus to all the brown people. And along the way, God drops in here and there to, you know, give them a little pep talk. Let them know they're doing Take a, a knee, job. boys. Take a knee. <laughs> <laughs> and before the sons of Messiah show up, the book feels the need to remind you that the Lamanites are like all the way black, uh-huh. like thieving, murdering, lazy, evil, idolatrous, bloodthirsty, like the whole way. Fucking Greek. Christ. Right. So now we get the uh, three little pigs portion of the holy book. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Okay. So, so Ammon was one of the sons of Messiah. And he was the leader, I guess. So he goes out to minister to the Lamanites first. But of course, like all the Nephites that cross the Lamanite border, he immediately gets captured, tied up, and taken to the king, whose name is Lamoni. (laughs) (laughs) And fucking Lamoni makes Ammon his servant. That's what people name uh, Lamoni. So what's the new king's name? Oh, Layman. Oh, um, we used that one. N- Nye. Nye didn't let me finish. Layman Nye. Layman Nye. Layman Nye. Is it Layman? We should okay, point whatever. out that Ammon only has to be Lamoni's service, servant after he turns down fucking the princess, right? Like, that was the first option. And Ammon's like, mm, not really into dark meat, if you know what I mean. But, but I'll scoop up sheep shit if you need me to, yeah. if you need a guy for that. <laughs> Poor choice. Poor choice. I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. So he's out watering the king's sheep one day, and a bunch of Lamanites scatter their flocks because Lamanites are assholes, I guess. <laughs> and I love that everyone with him is like freaking out like the nerd at the kegger. Like, we're going to get into so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. But then Ammon's like, holy shit, guys, I just happen to have sheep convergence powers. Ah. What are the odds that I would ever need those? But I've got Yes, he does. Damn good thing these brothers didn't get mixed up on their adventures, right? Just like, oh, battle, huh? What if we gathered some sheep for the battle? I think that was the place. Not going well. So they gather the flocks back together, and the Lamanite assholes come back to rescatter them. But now Ammon's had enough. Oh, yeah. He's pissed now. Yeah, he goes down to give them a stern talking (laughs) to, even though... They were in number, not a few. Ugh. End quote. That's my new body count when girls ask. Number, <laughs> not a few. You're married. Still, still, girls could ask. Hot girls <laughs> who love podcasts and belly fat. <laughs> <laughs> Can't all fuck each other's friends, Heath. Who am I going to fuck? Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars? <laughs> all right. Let's all just relax. Remember what lane we're in. Really? <laughs> Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. <laughs> Take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) There's also this weird moment where it's like, now Ammon was all Jesus-y, so he only killed the leader with his sword. Killed like six people with the rocks. Also (laughs) chopped off a fuck bucket of arms, but you know, (laughs) merciful. You know, he he was very merciful. And he brings them back to the Lamanite king so he'll believe the story about (laughs) the bucket. like, Like, here, arms. See? <laughs> Look at what I can right? do. And that's what you get when you scare a Mormon's sheep. God damn it. Uh, the yeah. Salt Lake City live show is canceled. The Salt Lake City. It is not canceled. Ticket link in the show notes. Good plug, guys. Good plug. Thank you. <laughs> 
So the king hears what an invincible badass Ammon is and assumes he must be some kind of ninja god. Right. <laughs> then there's this 80s movie comedy beat where Ammon comes in and the king thinks he's the great spirit, but Ammon doesn't know. So they just stand around awkwardly for an hour. <laughs> Literally an hour. That's what it yeah. says, yeah. Ammon comes in and he's like, hey, what up? And Lemonade is like, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> But Wait for it. <laughs> but, but finally, Ammon breaks the ice by saying, is this about all the arm chopping and sheep convergence? He's <laughs> just like, lemonade, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> lemonade, lemonade, lemonade. In front of the bucket of arms. So, so then Ammon teaches him all about God, a la learning calculus from Big Bird. <laughs> It was amazing. I was expecting him to break out puppets at some point. Okay, this one is you. This one is God. <laughs> he lights a puppet on fire. Oh, no, I didn't believe in Jesus. Ow, ow, ow. My hand was in there. My hand was out. Ow. So Ammon proceeds to tell the king all the things that have ever happened. And many of the things that will happen. Yes. And and Lam and I, Lamini, believes Lem, him. It's lemonade. Yeah, lemonade. Uh, believes him and turns Christian. Right. But, sure. but he does so in a way that's apparently indistinguishable from just dying. <laughs> because he, he like passes out for several days and stops pumping blood, I guess. And all the family gathers around to mourn. Right. And you'd think that wouldn't make sense. But I dated a Catholic girl. So I, I get it. I'm <laughs> saying. Wait, 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 what? You want to explain that? Phyllis Schlafly was not. Catholic (laughs) Catholic women are bad at sex because their culture (laughs) imbues fear. So they strong disagree. All right. I like that. And moving on. If you're a Catholic or an (laughs) ex-Catholic, I like still fear. (laughs) I like the deer in headlights type of sex. Maybe that's just how it... And never mind. (laughs) But then, just as they were about to entomb him, the queen says, hey, go get that magical mutilating guy from earlier and see if he can make him more alive for us. So they do. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Ammon, great pep talk, but uh, can you check and see if the guy you converted is dead? Just go over and check that. <laughs> also, I have to draw a circle around this line. The queen says to Ammon when he arrives, quote, some say that he, the, the king, some say that he is not dead, but others say that he is dead and that he stinketh. What? End stinketh. quote. <laughs> yes. Well, look, if laying in bed for two days and smelling really bad means you're dead, I need new birthday plans. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a really weird birthday dinner. Eli's just doing like, he's like pump faking all these different death scenarios. No, it's a water gun. No, no, no. Just a little spit up on his bib. <laughs> So Eamon goes in and gives him a sniff and tells her not to worry. He's not dead. Just, you know, god comed. And uh, that usually only lasts about three days, I guess. So. I, I guess, yeah. And, and then he wakes up and all the king's horses and all the king's men become Christian. Right. And there is a lot of sink a thing and sunk a thing to one's <laughs> knee. <laughs> and then we get to chapter 20, where God tells Ammon that his brothers have been imprisoned in the land of Medoni. That would be his brothers, Aaron, Maloki, and uh, Amma. Uh, yes, Ammon has a brother named Amma. Uh, Amma? Uh, uh, fuck this book. So not a complete Scrabble set, like an old one. It's like in the middle school library. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. The blanks have like cocks and balls on them. Yeah. Also, 
king of Madoni. His name is Antiomno. So yeah, jo- Joey, Joey is winning the shit out of that bet. <laughs> yeah, so Lemonade agrees to go with Ammon to save his brothers, but first they have to stop off to see uh, Lemonade's dad, who's uh, the main king, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, they like run into him on the way, like at ancient Israelite exit 94B, I guess. They just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag never forget. <laughs> yeah. And fuck you, 94B. Lamoni's dad is nowhere near as quick to forgive Whitey. So he chastises his son for buying into Ammon's bullshit. And he's so scoldy. He's like, you got to kill your white friend. Come on. Kill your white, but but Lamoni won't do it. Right, so his dad, who has not been named, gets so pissed that he's about to kill Lamoni, and then Ammon steps in and says, not so fast. (laughs) And then Ammon uses his god powers to kick the Uber King's ass, and Mm. then threatens to kill him if he doesn't release his brothers from prison. Guys, I'm pretty sure this is one of the Final Fantasy games, like, verbatim, verbatim. (laughs) Or again, extra Nazi Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, that <laughs> like pretty much sums it grand up. Dragons. Um, and of course, the king is so impressed with Ammon's not killing of him that he invites him to dinner. And they become friends. That's what happens. Yeah. So, so Lamoni and Ammon go on to Madoni and uh, get the brothers out of prison. They're all fucked up and beat up. And Ammon's like, wow, I wonder what crazy adventures they've been up to. They've been up to. They've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Holy shit, is 20 chapters of this book more than enough? So we're going to have to save that flashback for the next installment. And congrats, guys. We are ever so slightly more than halfway through this book now. Fucking final. And we can't swim back. (laughs) (laughs) Going too far. Before we make like a tree tonight, I wanted to thank the moon in advance for lining up with the sun so precisely next week. I'd also like to thank the clouds in advance for staying the hell away from Carbondale, Illinois on Monday afternoon. Thank you. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Monday. Hopefully something will happen in politics between now and then. Fill a show with it. Also got a new Ray Comfort movie lit to talk about on GAM at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And some as of yet undetermined shit to talk about on Citation Needed on Wednesday at noon Eastern. Obviously this wouldn't belong in the episode list if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for his reluctant agreement to finally face off with me in a rap battle next week. That's really going to happen. Kind of, but I mean, not really, really, but it's going to happen. I need to thank the lovely Lucinda Lucians for somehow maintaining her cheerful disposition despite her weekly hall of headlines. And I need to thank Eli Bosnick for eventually settling for the it's okay to punch line a Nazi compromise. I also want to thank Molly on Mormon of the Doubting Dogma podcast for providing this week's Farnsworth quote and for inviting me on her show last week. If you'd like to hear that interview or just check out her show in general, you'll find links on the show notes for this episode. But most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's most marvelous mammalia, Duckspeak, Bike, Mary, Jonathan, Knowledge, L, Chrissy, Andy, Starksplorer, Josh, other Jonathan, Daniel, and John. Duckspeak, Bike, Mary, and Jonathan, who are so radiant they'd leave a visible annulus if the moon ever bothered to move in front of them. Knowledge, L. Chrissy, Andor, and Stark Explorer, who are so bright you have to make sure you look at them through NASA-approved glasses. And Josh, other Jonathan, Daniel, and John, whose orgasms give coronal mass ejection mass ejection envy. And I'm really fucking excited about the eclipse. Sun's pretty awesome. Together, these 12 well-endowed welders of wealth welcomed our weltering weldment with a wellspring of welfare this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the optimized genitalia and refined taste and dick 
jokes it takes to give us money, but if you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free edition of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but all your spare money is going to that bomb shelter, I get it. In the meantime, you can help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else they'll let you leave five-star reviews. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, or find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. You want to ruin that first two, Eli? Writes them in his own notes like a little hermit, and then he plugs them in slowly but surely. That exact line was the one line that was written all week. Moccasin woman. I I helped. Sitting there at the top of that headline. We announced the headline. I'm announcing it. (laughs) With that joke. (laughs) With my joke. You want to relax them into the joke. It's good. It's good. They'll be surprised otherwise. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.